Shikar. Shika Shikar. Oh yeah. Shikar. Shushushu Shikar car. Oh yeah. Shikar. Shikar. Oh yeah. It's time for James to compare Kira to international seducer of tyrants Wendy Dag. Hello and welcome to the Rules of Acquisition podcast where we will be going through every single episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, the greatest show to talk about alien farming equipment. <laughs> They ruin the soil, man. They ruin the soil. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, this is—it's like Fern Gully up in this shit. <laughs> <laughs> With me, as always, is James Nolan. Hey guys, and Hugh Crawford. Hello. And my name is Wade Bowen, as always. And yes, we're talking about an episode tonight called Shakar. Every time I say it, I want to say Shikar. Shikar uh, originally aired on May 22nd, 1995. It is a 24th episode of season three, and the IMDb description is as follows News arrives that Kai Wen has also become Bejor's political leader. She asks Kira to negotiate with an old resistance friend about returning soil reclamators. That really doesn't sound very interesting, but it, <laughs> take our word for it, it, it is. I yeah. really liked this episode. I did too. I thought I thought I might be the only one. I thought I loved this episode. I was I, I was mixed on it. Oh, really? <laughs> this was but interesting. Really? No, I mean I liked it, but I felt like there's some things that I was like, huh? Okay. I mean, I think it's rushed. At th- I liked a lot of what this one did, but there were I had questions. I think it's rushed at the the end mm. uh, well it's a show it's a syndicated star trek show made you know 22 years ago there is <laughs> going to be some problems with it. yeah 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 no no i mean like in a perfect world this one the ending wouldn't have been like hey we decided all this stuff off screen and you're just gonna have to deal with it bye roll credits <laughs> but no i thought this was uh i like this this was my jam yeah i will say that i think that the, the thing i liked about the show is I, I was critical of two fan favorite episodes that i've taken shit for and the first was progress oh yeah, yeah. way back in season one. Oh, this was like the progress part due, right? Like, yeah, it was. It yeah. was they it used was, the same fucking house, I feel like. They did. It yeah. was, yes, it had shades of progress. <laughs> and um, it was progressive, I guess. <laughs> and then uh, past tense. And I feel like that this episode and both the my critiques of those shows and both my critiques were the same is that they make these sort of decisions, these, they seemed facile and not as like sort of nuanced and complicated. This show, I felt like that was a pretty complicated issue. That they hate Kai Wen, but the whole thing isn't all based on whether I I don't like her and she doesn't. She's trying to put the separatists down. It doesn't immediately set up into two sides, but they don't have the same goals. And then that's an interesting like, point. Like it all gets kind of escalated on sort of silliness, and so that it it's got a shading about how political things collapse. Well, and on top of it all. I mean, right off the bat, you know, uh, what's her face? Oh, God. Uh, Nana Visitor? Yeah. Kira's lighting a remembrance candle. Oh, she's burning a candle for Burial, yeah. Um, Those candles, those are pretty big-ass candles. <laughs> big-ass candle setup for somebody you don't want to... Jaut, So... That's not... 
Brile. Propovar. I got more. Propovar. Nara. Esuk. Shala. Shaka Khan. Shala Khan. Vunek. Alright, I'm done. That was that was that was exquisite. <laughs> so, what is the, he doing? The, yeah, the candles. It's just like something that you might find at a Pier One in ports in the mid nineties. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. All the girls I was trying to make out with in May of 1995 were taking me to the Pier One that had just opened in Jackson, Tennessee. <laughs> so, I remember that. Yeah. The uh, commander comes in while she's lighting her big ass candle or praying next to it, and yeah. has some bad news. And her eyes get really wide and. She's like really bracing herself for something awful. And then he says, Kai Wen has, you know, become the basically is going to be the president and the space pope. Yeah. And it seems like uh, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. <laughs> like he said, it was a really big, he like, there was a lot of setup, but she didn't seem as devastated as, you know, he thinks she might. But yeah. the next scene, we get to see Odo and Kira kind of talk about this a little bit. And we get to see some more of Odo's authoritative, uh, tendencies oh yeah you know you, you give the people uh a choice and uh they make the wrong decision yeah it's been my observation that you give humanoids the freedom of choice and sometimes they will make the wrong choice or whatever right yeah. uh that's just kind of that's kind of spooky coming from him no uh, I, I think that odo uh subscribes to the enlightened despot like the voltaire <laughs> right, theory of, yes uh, of, a, of, a, of a preferred government well he's yeah. looking for but, a philosopher king or <laughs> y- yes but yeah here's the thing is there ever been a despot that doesn't think that they're the enlightened one <laughs> um uh, probably not i don't know didn't stalin famously say if someone says culture i reach for my gun so that seems pretty on and like he seems like that that seemed very trumpy and i'm just one of you the normal folk but you're right mm, <laughs> right but that view is probably an enlightened view that that's culture true. Folk, they, they, that, they, that, they view that the that the common sense way. Yes, the the, the populist. Way. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. No, I did. Uh, right. I, know. So, I feel like I did almost feel like Odo was like kind of commenting from outside of it. He's like, "Yeah, you humanoids, fuck shit up." This, this is just how it is. It's kind of like, I mean, it's not like we have, I mean, we haven't had to have conversations like that in the last few <laughs> no, months. No, I don't know. Right. But Odo has. Right. Are you insinuating <laughs> something? Because they're listening, James. Um, no, they're not. I have to say that the Trump, the Paul, the Trumpian Paul that I think people expected, or I expected to feel while watching Past Tense, I felt stronger in this. Yeah. Oh, that's from, from Kai Ratchet. Things yeah. just, or just things just dissolved into shit. And someone who shouldn't be in this position is in this position. Yeah. And now, and now we're on a hilltop and I've got a gun pointed at Commander Rawls from the wire's head. <laughs> right. And like, you know, we're buddies. You know, I don't know. Like, I feel like that they're. Lenoris Holum from the yeah. Ornothia <laughs> resistance yes. cell. Yes. So, yes. yeah, like Wade said earlier, Kai Wen comes in and asks, yeah, Kai Wen shows mm-hmm. up just as soon as somebody mm-hmm. mentions her name, it seems, oh, right? Oh, I, I love that scene where she comes in and is like, Kira's, she's blowing on Beryl's candle or whatever. And yeah, that's, yeah, that was That's not a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> she was always very persuasive. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> that's what I thought she's, yeah, that, I wrote that tale when she goes, he's he was always <laughs> yeah. oh, oh man that, that scene she was, said it in a way like she was like Baral told me that you got him into pegging like, <laughs> right like, well I well, it was <laughs> uh, yeah like, well she comes in and she's like oh who's that candle for is it for Calum Apram the leader of the provisional <laughs> government that died of a heart attack that she took over from and then Kira's like no it's for Baral and Ratchet's like that was three months ago you must have really cared about him I was like I loved him 
and <laughs> so did I. And it's like, well, yeah. they just kind of get into it. And then, uh, oh, my favorite line, Kira's like, you didn't give him any credit for the Cardassian peace treaty. And she's like, well, as someone who loved him, I'm surprised that you didn't know that. And just the look on Kira's face is like, all right. You're being a real see you next Tuesday here. <laughs> Let me go get this chair yeah. and put it down. That was that was effective female writing yeah. there, I felt like. Like a, like two women, you know, some great Bechtel. Well, I guess they were technically talking about yeah, they a, were talking a lover. About yeah, don't, don't give them, don't reach too hard to pat him on the back. <laughs> right. But it did have... Yeah, you're right. Fuck, but it was well written. Yeah. It was uh, the, and the, the, the and then she's the, like, the go, prose was pretty. She's like, oh, go talk to Shakar about getting these reclamators farming. Well, that's exciting, isn't it? That's the best. Yeah, because Shakar led the resistance cell, the Shakar resistance that they've mentioned before, which I thought was a location, but I guess it's the person, whatever. Mm-hmm. But just yeah, we we mentioned it a minute ago. Like, oh, uh, Brial always said you were very persuasive. It's like. Say like, yeah, that's because I. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we were fucking like, you know. yeah. So uh, once it got to the Shakar, like all the stuff with, I liked that stuff. Yeah, like that. I liked that it was her coming back to everybody. I mean, like that. That's the kind of like I don't know. That's the kind of table setting that I really like is because you have these people that like each other, but they're not like you know that they're joshing around. That there's these sort of sort of workplace camaraderie. And I guess like does it hint that there was some sexy stuff with Shakar in the past? I think like I can't really. I, maybe, I, didn't, I didn't pick up. On that. I picked up on like, well, I, I a thing I wrote a note I wrote down for this episode is like, wow, Kira really she really likes milk toast men, doesn't she? Yeah, <laughs> and she's like, yeah, this is what like, like I said this on a tweet or to one of you guys that like Kira's kind of becoming the the, the windy dang of like uh, of, <laughs> the, of major politics. She's kind of fucked lots of major characters. Oh, I don't think she's their, ever had a sexual relationship with Shakar. I've, but she does. I mean, well, I mean, I think uh, I, I I don't remember anything that happens later. And there's he's her boyfriend for like the next year. I figured there's some sparks flying. <laughs> I'll give you that. Like, yeah. So I mean, so she fucks the the minister. She used to fuck the right, uh, right. But the, in this, the, I don't pope, runner up pope. And right. like, but I, I, I obviously well after this episode, I was like, yeah, they they gonna fuck. But before that, I'm I'm talking about when they were in the resistance. I don't think that. Like, yeah. Okay. That no, that was I, I was just like that was I couldn't tell if they were trying to shade that in as I think they're just that was I, there. They were too busy fighting for their lives to worry about hooking but up. But you do. The sort of merry men sort of thing. Oh, that totally. I liked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I liked all of that sort of stuff. And the and you knew it was going to all kind of go all tits up, and you knew that it would put Kira in a position where she's going to have to work against the interests of people that ultimately she sympathizes with. Right, right. How'd you guys before we get blow past that? Can we talk about the arm conversation? Yeah, a little I was bit? about to say about <laughs> oh, yeah. Pharrell and Lupaza and Pharrell's arm. I had a little bit mixed feelings about that. I liked that whole story about like. You know, because like, oh, this is Star Trek. Like, right. Yeah. I mean, and she she doesn't come out and say it. She's very tactful. Like, why didn't you? Oh, yeah. Why didn't I get a new arm? Because I saw this Federation doctor. And yeah, they could give you a new arm. That's that's nothing here. And then he gives the whole story about like how he prayed to the prophets because he, he got them out of a tight spot at an interrogation camp. That's what he says. And, yeah. and he's like, I asked the prophets if I can just get save y'all guys, I would give up my life. 
and it only cost him an arm. So that's why he hasn't gotten it replaced because it felt like you know it's a pretty good deal. I feel like he paid he paid a price and he doesn't. Yeah, want, yeah. He doesn't want to. Yeah. He doesn't want to take the. Yeah, no. It's like that's good stuff. Yeah, that's it was, good stuff. That was yeah. good stuff. But did did you have a kind of a irked feelings about that, Hugh? Other than that, there's probably some poor real life Gulf War veteran who lost their arm throwing a brick at the TV <laughs> watching that scene. Okay, uh, in right. 1995, <laughs> because who would in real life? I mean, they sold it, and that particular actor, yeah, oh, yeah, he really like everybody played their part really well. I really liked the acting choices of the bit day players more than usual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did a good job. It seemed like they had some chemistry. Uh, the one saucy farmer terrorist, the lady. Lupaza. Yeah, she for some reason didn't want to button up her shirt. Well, for some reason. For some reason. <laughs> for some reason. For some reason. I'm sure that Rick Berman wasn't on set for this one. Sure. But like also, I mean, you can make it inside the story. She was like, I mean, it's boring on a farm, man. <laughs> and uh, there's not a lot of, she don't meet a lot of men. And uh, I don't know. <laughs> well. And apparently, I'm looking on her page and apparently in the books. Oh my God. In the books. She had fucked Shakar in the uh, oh, Okay. She's got a lot of Tuwali pie to hand out. Yeah, I just say, you know, that she's All right. she's one of those girls. Every farm's got to have one of those guys. Every farm com- community has to have one of those one of those women. Yeah. Well, yeah. well that's like a that, like a S- Susan Sarandon in Bull Durham. Like put it that way. <laughs> right. Except that she's been one like you know that she strangled a Cardassian. Yes. Exactly. Uh, yeah. In their own that, bed. And, and that yeah. was that was something that they accomplished. I feel like these people killed people. Oh yeah. Yes. And like like obviously they did. I'm not saying logically I, like I, I felt like they were hinting at that. I'm saying that like in the shading and the tone of the scenes, I really felt like these people killed people. Oh yeah. Right. And, and fought for a purpose and are now trying to win that purpose. Right. And, uh, oh, and to the extent, like, when shit gets foobarred because, well, Kira is like, just talk to Kai Wen because the Rakantha province, it is a good project. You know, like, if we get that place back, we can get exports, and then we're not just refugees, then we export with the whole galaxy. They can export the grickle grass and the, yeah, and yeah. the tufted, oh, tufted, yeah. tufted Lorax or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> they've got Baton, Moreca, and Salem grass. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, so, I, I liked I liked the art. I guess like it didn't irk me that much. I mean, they sold that at the end. Mm-hmm. The whole scene, the culm- I mean, I, I guess we want to get there is the whole scene culminating with well, okay, let's just go in order. There's the weird thing about once Kira decides to join them, yeah, and then like, like later on, like Cisco is like, like all right, whatever. Hey, I guess like <laughs> I don't know, and he's like he says to Kai Wen, I haven't because he's badass and he goes and gives her the sage wisdom because that's what yeah yeah that, that's what uh, so. a, a character like him does. And then she goes, have you talked something about Kira? And he's like, I haven't talked to her in weeks. Is that what he says? Well, it's weird. Well, that's one of the questions I had about this episode is the timeline. Because, okay, Kira talks to Shakar and he's like, well, yeah, okay, I'll talk to Kai Wen. Fine. And then she goes to Kai Wen and then Kai Wen is just like, bitch, you didn't do what I wanted. Fuck off. And then Kira's like, what? Um, Well, you know, they're going to sit down with you. Just sit with them. And she's like... Oh, he's not going to give over the equipment? Well, he sounds like a prideful and unreasonable man. It's like, well, yeah. hello, pot, meat kettle. But, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. And then the whole, the, her sort of escalating this is. Yeah, is yeah. Because then she's also, she, also shades of Trump as someone uh, who doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Who, totally. Who's so, I mean, it does a good job of showing someone so solipsistic that they can't, right. like, yeah. can't, can't see that even if you're trying to push a, even to achieve your own goals, 
you're acting irrational. Yeah, yeah. Like if you would just, yeah. So in that, they did that really well and right. for where we are right now. Because she's like, well, you know, I can still be helpful. Like I can be an intermediary with uh, Shikard. And then, you know, Ratchet's like, no, you can just <laughs> go home. Just leave yeah. this. And it's like, well, I'll tell him that you're going to meet. It's like, yeah. Yeah, you can tell him that. And then Kira's like, okay, I will. And then she goes down to Shikar, says, hey, she's going to meet with you. And Shikar's like, well, okay, fine. And then they show up to arrest him. And then Shikar starts a fight. And he's like, Kira, you can go. And Kira's like, that bitch lied to me. Fuck it, I'm in. Yeah, they, like they do that low-grade, poorly choreographed fight sequence yeah. that you're supposed to go, they back. Oh, they she, were yeah. bad motherfuckers because they, they elbowed people in their stomachs. Right, they held their two hands together and did <laughs> Yes, I don't know if there's a double fist punch in there, but I feel like a Star Trek, so probably that's some, right. That's some good old John Ford fighting going on <laughs> yeah, in there. Yeah, right. But yeah, no, so, okay, so just to, like nitpick this one thing. That was a decision that's made, and it seems like several people, several times over the course of this season, O'Brien, Dax... And her are just like, we're quitting. We're, we're quitting this job and we're just quitting. And it seems like these decisions, I don't know, they're leaning on that too much. Yeah, that's really, <laughs> well, it's not like she, I don't even know what, yeah, that was kind she of She would have had like, to have quit because, I mean, if Kai Wynn was the acting head of the government and she's a major in the military. Well, she didn't have time to put in her notice or anything, <laughs> but yeah. It, but the, that's two weeks without like, like yeah, I mean. She, I, yeah, exactly. She's She's got to get reprimanded or front, she, she. Abandoned her post. Yes. You know. Who's going to do those uh, performance evaluations? <laughs> right? Who's going to fill out these evaluation Did reports? Did she abandon? I don't think she abandoned her post, yeah, right? I'm logically she had to because she's there as a person of, of the Bajoran military and she's co-leading a resistance cell against the Bajoran military. Against the whole provisional government, yeah. I mean, I'm sure that Cisco could just be lying to the Federation and goes, no, she's on leave, I promise. Right. You, well, you, he's you, like, well, she's she's he's, not actually... He's filling in. Or her. she's just working on a assignment for like three weeks like she could be on assignment like right. she could technically he, yeah, be but, on assignment and he could he, ha- she's not working I'm, for the he's federation he's got plausible deniability no, i'm I sure know, but he's I, not I, up to date on every person that she's trying to kill down there right and she's a liaison she still doesn't work for the federation he could be like well the Bajoran situation has got real wonky yeah because when, even when kai ratchet goes down there and or goes and is talking to cisco and he shows up he's like oh i haven't talked one it's been two weeks since something and then he oh i haven't yeah. talked to Kira four weeks, which I don't know if it's been more than two weeks. I don't know how long this resistance has been going on. And I'm totally think I think that you're totally supposed to think he's lying. Right. But yeah, the other time he's like, fuck, man, I don't, I do not trust. Yeah. And she's like, the thing that got me was like, oh, I... I wasn't, I didn't know, I, I wasn't, I didn't think you kept such tabs on the Bajoran political situation, <laughs> Emissary. And he's like, what are you talking, that's my fucking job. <laughs> that's what I was thinking, I was like, that's like why I'm fucking here. I'm not, right. There's two things, I'm A, I'm your Jesus, and B, <laughs> right. and B, my job is to watch over you people. Right. I'm John Marshall. And I'm Jesus rolled into one. <laughs> you think I don't know that you have you have a military coup going on? Right. And then earlier, when she's talking about the Rakantha province to Kira, she's like, it will really help our application to the Federation. Mm. And Kira's like, you're right, it will. And it's like, oh, I didn't know Kai Ratchet was on the side of that because that whole circle stuff where they're like, you know, Bajor for Bajorans doing the Brexit oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Wasn't she like a, she was like a Marine Le Pen kind of fe- yeah, character she when she was, was first She was in going there. for Brexit for Bajor, you know. Yeah, you're right. That's that's inconsistent. Well, actually, it's not that inconsistent because then when Cisco's meeting with her, 
He's like, look, lady, because she's got the Bajoran provisional military government doing all this military stuff. And then Cisco's like, man, you can't, you need to pull back if, yeah. if, if I may intrude. And she's like, well, okay, yeah, I'd be willing to withdraw the army if you can get the Federation in to come take their place. And he's like, what? Yeah. No, that's, that's not what the Federation does, lady. What are you talking about? And then, I mean, it's she is being very much like Trump's. Like, she doesn't know how this shit works. That's she doesn't understand yeah. the Federation and, government. She doesn't understand the UN. And that's the thing. Like, even <laughs> if the Brexit concept, Brexit for Bajor, that could even work is like, when I was running for Space Pope, you know, I was preaching against NAFTA, but then when I got in the office, who knew this was so complicated? Right, right. We need to be a part of, you know, that makes perfect sense. She's so out of her depth. Right. But it would have been interesting if they kept her the head of the both things for a little while longer. Yeah. If yes. That yes. might be one of the things, if we go back in our way back machine to season one, when we would uh, pick one thing, what we'd change it, that's what I would have. This is so juicy, the prospect of her having all of the power yeah. <laughs> instead of just, I don't know, like half of it. Right. Because mm-hmm. I, I think I mentioned in a podcast before that I thought she took over both. You're right, yeah. But I mean, to my earlier point before, like when Cisco's like, no, that's not how that sh- shit works. She totally flips flops again. It's like, well, in that case... I'm going to pull our application to the Federation. He's like, that's a bad idea. What are you you doing? But she's inconsistent. She was Brexit, the circle. And then she was like, Kira, we can join the Federation. And then she's like, flips on a dime. Well, I think that she's she's like anybody who's power hungry. She's just all about no real core ideology. Just wants whatever is going to put her on top is what she's going to go with. Yeah. And if the circle puts her on top, if Bajor for Bajor puts her on top, that's fine. If getting the reclamators puts her on top, top that's fine if trying to get leverage on cisco by withdrawing out of the federation that's fine like mm-hmm. she's not ideologically tied to any one thing other than her ascent to power right but what yeah. i do think is interesting and i think is actually pretty great about the show is that in her mind she's not i mean she's she's one of the bigger black cats in the show yeah but even in her mind, she's not thinking it's it's not about my power. It's about what the prophets want. And this whole thing, she's like, it's a test by the prophets. I think she really does yeah, kind of believe. Yeah, I mean, you, she's got the gross conviction of a believer. Yeah. Right. She has the belief. She's got kind of the fundamentalist mm-hmm. Christian kind of belief where, oh, no, in her head, she is totally justified. This is what the prophets want. And it just so happens. And it wouldn't even, she wouldn't even conceive of the idea that what the prophets want, oh, doesn't match up with what she wants like because it's all in her head anyways her idea yeah yeah relationship with the prophets so yeah oh because i want this this is what the prophets want i've seen those wormhole aliens they don't give two shits if that guy gets a new arm (laughs) right (laughs) he's he can feel free to go get a new arm they (laughs) They don't care about your grickle grass (laughs) they have a hard time understanding the concept of linear time they don't give two shits about your arm or grass buddy (laughs) yes yeah yeah you're right i I would have liked that to stay there because it seems like a lot of kind of big shit snowball at the end yeah and i think that it was like that because they spent the time to make good stuff early and then it's just like fuck dude we gotta go you know it's like it's like when you start like a game of risk and you got like four hours <laughs> three hours and you're just getting set up you know and then like you're By like five hours our friend eric is screaming at you <laughs> yeah yeah you're like fuck this is like, like i think that's how the planning of this episode and this is something that i was reading about i guess this was nominally written by someone named gordon dawson he has he doesn't have a lot of credit I don't know. He was appeared in many documentaries about Sam Peckinpah. He worked with Sam Peckinpah. 
Mm, okay. He wrote this story, but I don't know in, to what degree. So I think Mia just pitched it, and then they rewrote the shit out of it. Yeah. But um, Robert Hewitt Wolf says that, uh, and this is interesting. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Mexican nationalist character Zapato, where he overthrew the government. And, Zapata, yeah. Yeah, he overthrew the government and installed a new government, and then like, oh, and then he like fuck it, and then he overthrew that government too. <laughs> and like there was this idea that he just couldn't stop fighting. That once once you're a rebel, you're going to be a rebel, and and sort of like I guess an American analogy would be Teddy Rose. Roosevelt established the Progressive Party, the Republican Party, and then went away, left America for two years, and then came back and then tried to overthrow the Progressive Party. Yeah. Because he, you know, he just, he was a fighter, you know, he was a ginner. And like he says that Shakar was that, but uh, like Shakar didn't come off as that. Shakar came off as perfectly reasonable. Right. I fought to get the spoonheads off this planet <laughs> and I salted the earth, and now I want to get the salt out of the earth, and I don't really care about playing these high finance games. Right, right. He seemed perfectly reasonable, other than the mm-hmm. fact that when you're hiding in the hills the government can come get the reclamators while you're away from your farm <laughs> that's the one glaring thing Are they handheld reclamators yeah that's a good question because they've yeah. been running a, for at least two weeks yeah if they were out in the bonies in the dirt for a, two weeks away from their farm number one no farming is getting done so yeah you know that's a strike against you number two you didn't take the reclamators with you on your boondoggle. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what a, re- how big is a reclamator? I don't know. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It could know. be the size of an iPod. Does it matter? I mean, it, <laughs> it I mean, if they, it could have been on some guy's back. I don't know. Like yeah. His contention is like, I think, okay, we waited like, we waited three years for this reclamator or whatever. And then they finally gave it to us. Like they said they would. And then six months happened or whatever. And then the guy dies. And then Kai Ratchet comes in and says, give it back immediately. And like, no, we were we were told we'd have it for a year. Mm-hmm. I'm keeping it for a year, motherfucker. And then Ratchet's being Ratchet, and she's like, "No, I, I need." This, and he's this like, is what you. happens. This is what happens when you're looking for a handout from the government. Right. Oh Jesus! And, and Rand when it went and bought her own reclamator. Right. <laughs> but sorry, concern. I'd love to see Anne Rand and her fluid-filled <laughs> lungs out on the farm trying to work a reclamator. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> this does bring some interest. Oh, there's another question I had about. I mean, the Federation is post-scarcity, mm-hmm. but Bajor apparently not because. Because they have scarce reclamator resources, which yeah, why can't they replicate a reclamator? <laughs> right. Well, this isn't, they ain't in the Federation. I guess this is just an example of stories that Deep Space Nine could tell that other Star Trek can't. Yes. That's a great point. I don't know. Like, can we talk about reclamators for a second? Why can't why can't they make like if it can make fucking food out of like, nothing? Why can't they just make big ones and make big things out of they it? I mean, because then you wouldn't have this bullshit story. But I think that's the short answer. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like okay, if we're talking about because the whole thing they want to set up the Rakantha province to get exports going. Maybe a replicator just can't make botan or Salem grass like Bajor can, so it's a commodity that people actually want in addition and people outside the Federation because I'll go out on a limb here and say that the Federation doesn't give a shit about Salem grass or Sala or well, whatever. Well, but that's their whole point is to get their economy flowing so that they're not a victim to right. but, you know, victims of their neighbors. I, yeah, there's other people outside the Federation too that just, might want okay, that. and private citizens. Regardless of like taking out this, the politics of it, why is there dry docks? Why isn't there just giant uh, <laughs> like starship reclamators? Why? There are Industrial reclamation. 
elevators. That's the thing that gets mentioned in other. Do they make ships? Why do they ever go? <laughs> they make blankets for orphans. I don't want to. I'm just saying that they they have endless tea. They have endless Earl Grey tea. They have endless. Uh, yes. Yeah. They have endless gack. But they can't like whenever they lose a runabout, it's a goddamn three episode nightmare that they're still mentioning like episodes later. Why don't they just bloop, hit a button to like boop? Make well, a I, there are industrial reclamators that may have gotten mentioned on progress replicators yeah mm-hmm. i don't know and then i guess if runabouts they replace the runabouts it just takes time yeah but you get the Perhaps. feeling that they're coming from like the space general motors plan right <laughs> well maybe that's a shipping cost because it takes time to get there i don't know yeah <laughs> when they say 10 to, 10 to 15 business days they really mean 15 <laughs> yeah, business <right>. days because <laughs> you can't travel at warp they're traveling at warp 5 to preserve the subspace i guess oh, that's that's tng oh nerd corner that's continuity nerd corner i don't know yeah I mean, but okay so i mean the answer is is they wanted to do the cute little future thing where like look they had to answer the question why do you live in a society that doesn't have money if you all have to eat yeah like what happens if a famine happens and they, it's oh we make machines that make food and then the machines also make other cutesy poo things like when we give things as gifts but we still go to the tailor for clothes right we still have dry docks yeah well and Shakar's whole point I think why they wouldn't give the reclamators over even to his credit we're like yeah okay we could give them for Rakantha so you can make all this food for export well, no, I, but we're starving here we need the shit to make sure that we don't starve to get our funds going before we start exporting stuff. I think there's two things. I think there's reclam. I'm sorry, reclamators. There's sorry. reclamators, I, I get- which I assume is trying to take like I don't I don't know what it actually is, but like essentially like reclaims the, the, the soil. Yeah, reclaims the soil. Yeah, the the Cardi salted the earth. Yeah. with when they easy, left. Easy, easy, easy. Cardassians <laughs> salted earth. Come on now. <laughs> it's not the preferred nomenclature, dude. People of Cardassian ethnicity uh salt of the earth and so they had to get that out but like the replicators is different because it's just like i don't understand why they don't make i don't know sure the answer is because that ain't where stories come from <laughs> yeah because that like, would be boring yeah because uh, <laughs> we had this awesome plot that somebody pitched and can we talk about i we're saying that they ran out of time but they had this other story. There's a B story. Oh, oh, there's a B story. I wouldn't call it a, uh, it's more like local color. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a story, per There's se. not a lot of stakes. See, but, okay. I liked it. I liked it a lot, actually, but there's not. Really? <laughs> okay, because I hate I hate the B plot. I, I mean, I, I liked. Here's what, it, did, did, I thought it was a sting thing. I thought that after a while, O'Brien was pulling a scam. It did feel like it, didn't it? Yeah. He was pulling a scam to to throw the books. You know, it's the sting. Oh, yeah. He likes to throw the books on on Quark and throw the last match, lose to the Vulcan, and then split the earnings with the Vulcan. I I assumed that's what was happening. But you know what? I bet that was the pitch. And then Rick Berman or somebody was like, we can't do that. They just cut the last. These people don't care about profit. So it's just going to be no stakes. And just this is what happens. Well, can't you just say I wanted to teach Quark a lesson? That's your line. Oh, that's good. There you go. All right. Uh, and then I, I'll, I'm going to give the money to the poor Bajorans. The poor Bajorans. <laughs> we got Bajoran the orphan fund. I'm going to get, I'm going to buy them, them blankets. blankets. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Like that, that seems like that. Hugh, what did you think of B plot? Um, it's, it's just, I like when they play darts. <laughs> that's, that's all I liked it for. I know. That's like, it's basically, it's so interesting how much care all of a sudden goes into the life on the station. All of a sudden we've got an interest in something and it looks like it's going to stick and it's darts. 
So <laughs> I was fine with it. You say that they went hard in the darts for the last few episodes. They did. Yeah, yeah, yeah they they did. Um, I mean, it's kind of like spreading like crazy because it started with O'Brien and Bashir. Now you've got the commander doing it, and he seems yeah, yeah. He's you know, and he's like he doesn't like to lose. No, he does not <laughs> like to lose. You can totally tell he does not like to lose. And then he's like, just don't, man, don't apologize for winning. Just like, just man, don't make me feel like an asshole for. Oh, this guy died. I'm out of it. Thank God. Let me go. Leave. I do like that that's an element of Cisco but I don't remember if that's something they keep at is that he sucks at things but he's really prideful about sucking at them <laughs> like that that's a trait I, I've met people like that and I admire people like I that I liked yeah. the prickly Vulcan I felt like that. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I wish that but guy. I thought that was a scheme. I thought that was a scheme because like I said, the whole time. It did feel it like seemed it. seemed like they were, they were setting it up to where O'Brien was clearly fleecing Quark. And then they just don't. Like he has this goofball, like I broke my arm on because I had a cup, a cup of coffee. Like it was, it was like a. Yeah. Ba- the co- Oh man. When he hands him a drink, what the fuck is, how weak is his shoulder, man? You know, he should have had a... It seems like a bad skit. That was a little bit weak. Yeah, it was bad. They should have had... All right, I'm going to fix this scene. All right, yeah. How would you fix it? All right, Rom comes in and he's got a boiling pot of soup because some... Fucked up alien likes it like t- to the point where it would like like, like Morn has to have things like 200 degrees to, for you know. Right, there's to, a Tholian that <laughs> wants a, a magma soup. Right, yeah. and he comes through and fucking trips or something and dumps it all over O'Brien's fist and like melts the skin off. <laughs> like and it's gonna take nickel. Like it's got yeah. like melted nickel. Right. He holds it up. We see just like a fucking skeleton hand. Right. Um, <laughs> O'Brien must suffer. <laughs> Right. And it's going to take at least it's going to take at least 24 hours to grow him a new hand. It's no big deal. He's got he's not indebted to the profits. So there's no problem there. And that's that's what you do. It's it's two things. It's Rom. It's Rom is a fuck up. Right. And so you get get a little bit of comedy there. And it's actually like a bar related incident. Yeah. Not just like you tore your whole rotator cuff playing dart. Like just nobody uses their shit. Reaching for reaching for a cup of coffee. Right. You do it reach- right after you do it as the cut from the let's talk about my arm scene. And then you have like a, a bridge between the A plot and the B plot. Like this guy lost an arm. O'Brien sure. lost an arm with this And you <laughs> call the episode a call to arms. Nash <laughs> <laughs> car. I like it. So yeah. Anyway, that's that's what I would do. With yeah, that. I like that a lot. Yeah, the B plot was it was kind of muddled because it doesn't relate to anything. No, I mean you just have like you're contractually obligated to show Jadzia and Cisco and <laughs> yeah. some of the others, and you and you didn't do it. And you've got no reason to do it. The A plot is kind of heavy handed. I mean, you've got amputees yeah. sitting around with old friends talking about why they don't yeah, have their. You got know, a lot going you've on. got. Kira maybe trying to prevent a civil war on her on her planet. She's defying her religious leader, and you know, just like some heavy-handed stuff. So you have to have some, I guess, whimsy I don't mind in there a, somewhere. I guess my point is, is I don't mind having a light plot. I just felt like I was getting like four fifths of a story. Like even like even <laughs> there if the was sto- no there was there the, was no rising action, falling yeah, action. Yeah, I don't. Right. I don't actually think it conforms to anything theory of the story. It really doesn't. It's, it's local color. That's all it right. is. Here's the thing. I, like, I, I appreciated it for that. W- but, you, with uh, one line, you could have upped Bashir's professional game. Oh, by making it fix the... No, just by just like, even with the rotator cuff, it's like the best, you know, it's standard to take. It's going to take at least 48 hours to 
to rebuild you one. The best I could do it is probably 18. Nice. Just, you're giving him a Scotty moment. Yeah. I mean, well, it's shit, the same he, thing that O'Brien does too. Like, right. oh, I, you know. But yeah, or just like, it's going to take at least, you know, 48 hours. But luckily, I, I think my method, you know, I can get it done mm. in about 18. I've been working on a technique I've been meaning to try. Yeah. Right, right, right. No, you're right. That would, I agree just, with that. Just like two lines. You're spitting gold here, Hugh. Yeah. <laughs> just two lines, and you would have made me, you know, you know, this. For the last two episodes, the stuff that we've seen of O'Brien has been in his wheelhouse. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, which is relegated to the B, B story uh, goofiness. Right. So yeah, yeah. where he breaks in trying to get the dartboard and when he's just hanging out while the other people are playing darts. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, no, no, I, that's fine. Like a story, like a light where they, they run the sting. I would be fine with that. That was the, that little B plot where. Oh, but, yeah. I'm sure that's got pitch. They, they're honking on so many different, you know, <laughs> TV <laughs> shows and, and movies and this thing. There's so many homages and, and yeah. stuff like that. It's yeah. I see where you're coming from. It's like community in that way. <laughs> yeah. But, um, Oh, so <laughs> the A plot ended where they get the, Lenaris haul, haul them into a canyon and then yes. we talked about how kind of yeah you could tell that these people have killed people before because they're like all right, we've got them pinned in, and they're they're going to fucking kill these Bajorans, and they're like, wait a minute, we've been fighting Cardassians for Bajoran, and like, mm-hmm. I can't shoot this guy. And but also, like, you the, get the feeling that they have before, and like, it's like an admiration, and that that actually is a thing where you, I, I mean, I don't know, like not to get heavy handed, but like you you read parts. I'm, I'm I don't like glorifying the Civil War, I have, but like there is that part where they were there were like people on the battlefield that were personal friends, yeah, and like. West Point and like in West Point and there and like Grant at Fort Donaldson, the Buckner was the the general on the Confederacy side and they were actually friends. Right. And the idea that I don't want to shoot at Grant and I and Grant didn't want to shoot at Buckner, that that was an actual thing. It didn't lead to whatever detente this is because, you know, like they were fighting to enslave people. But sure. <laughs> uh, uh, but here, you know, that was like a thing. And so I liked the idea that it turned on like this is ridiculous. Yeah. And, yeah. and so when these things snowball out of control, it was nice to have like, at least in a story, because I don't necessarily trust that that would happen in reality right now. Right, right. But at least in a story, you go like, okay, yeah, no, like that, that feels real to me. Yeah, yeah. That well, they like, have you know, more in common. I mean, they did, they fought they really hard to, to save Bajor, only to like turn around and start killing other Bajorans. It did feel. And they were both noted. Declarated. Th- they're in a team, they're in an elite, like it's two baseball players, you know, that like yeah, I can't. Yeah, like, I, I want to hate you, guy, but we're both your damn good baseball player, and I'm a damn good baseball player. And there's not a lot of good damn baseball players in this world. You right, know? right. There's like, oh, you know about the Pulick Five raids? Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, no, yeah. that was the first off-world uh, <laughs> engagement with the Cardassians. And you have my mixtape. Oh yeah, I have your mixtape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then we get a call back, and then Lenaris is like, oh, you know, I my brother was at the Galatep camp mm-hmm. when you liberated it that's going back to duet yep and so he's like yeah okay so yeah i don't want to kill you game recognize game they're like one mm-hmm. and they're also on the same team so they're like what the fuck we're not gonna do this are we and it was ross from the wire <laughs> i love that guy yeah the wire people the wire no, the wire we've yeah. talked yeah the, i'm telling you what the day players really showed up strong yeah. in this. they yeah. did yeah yes. and then it just kind of cuts and you're right it does kind of rush over a lot of <laughs> stuff but then it it's kind of nice the cut they have and then Lenaris goes in to see um, Kai Ratchet again 
and she sees him and she's she's smiling like the cat that ate the canary mm-hmm. and she's like oh you brought me two gifts and the guy's like yeah no I didn't bring these <laughs> these aren't my prisoners and then she, she 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 kind of she doesn't take it well no, yeah no that was that I mean and the, then like, yeah Shakar is running for, against her in the election and he's gonna win that was a little tidy wasn't it guys at the end it was yeah. a little tidy I, I would have liked it too they could have made it where I don't think I got the sense in the story that Shakar had a political capital like that he had juice like go talk to this farmer he used to be a soldier and she goes talks to a farmer and he's living on like a you know like a hollywood back lot right like, southern california yeah 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 yeah. it's not like people were like there weren't scenes where people were coming to him for advice or you well, know the thing was like he had the support of all the military guys like lenaris and everybody they're like wait this because they're military guys and they saw that Kai Wen was like just had an agenda and she's like sending them out and they're like we don't want to be going against this guy we fought for the same thing we're on the same side and then so Lenars is like no the military we've all backed around Shakar because we fought in the resistance and then Kai Wen is like well fuck this and they're like oh no but if you do go against him we're gonna just tell all the people how big a fuck up you are that you risked a civil war that's the Trump card that they have Trump card shit you can't even use Trump card anymore <laughs> uh, but yeah this is all very third world now that I'm thinking yeah, about it yeah it is like, like it it's is. a million and she's like is this a coup I was like no it's not a coup he's running for president mm-hmm. and he just happens to have all our vote and people are going to vote yeah, for us yeah it sounds like you're reading about like something happened in Kirkmenistan and you don't understand so you're going to read an article from the New York Times and it's like Shakar who was a resistance leader t- you know five years ago has now got <laughs> yeah, the right. resistance of the military where the other people are like and you're like everybody here sounds like assholes like I don't know like, <laughs> yeah. like none of the but I don't I don't want the lady from the Taliban being the president and the spiritual leader. I know I know but 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 even if you read about like and I didn't at the time because I was, you know, I was 20. I was drinking. But like, if you read about like Afghanistan pre 9-11, like it was a lot of like, well, the Mujahideen or yeah, yeah. who the fuck do I like, you know, and even now you're just kind of like, I don't know what the fuck. But then it did. It, it was also it, it, this is very third world. And I, that I liked about it because, you know, it, it would be like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's messy. They're an emerging democracy. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So they would have these problems. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of a minor miracle that they haven't had to have various threats to their infant democracy so far. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I think that that's kind of what's interesting to watch is that it might be because there's so many exterior threats that they but strong men do arise and I, Kai Ratchet is essentially a strong man yeah they use her that way and so strong, strong men kind of arise and that's sort of a traditional thing and it was it was interesting that she doesn't have the strength of the military and I'm sure they're going to make Shakar perfect mm-hmm. like he's not going to use the military to squash dissent or anything like what it would right. really turn into yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah yeah it is kind of a minor miracle that they haven't done it and I like that that's still like a thing that I like about the show is that the show is about that mm-hmm. about incubating a nascent democracy in a culture you know of, of right a, yeah of a victimized people yeah in a few years we'll have our application to the federation uh Yes. Oh, never mind. No spoilers. But Uh, should we get on with the reviews? (laughs) Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, yeah. So no, I like this episode. I do. Yeah. Any closing thoughts? Yeah. Any closing thoughts? This one, guys. I think it was almost. uh, Is it the fifty degree day? Is that your thing, James? Well, I think that a line was the forty degree day. All right, whatever. But it was from the wire. Right, right, right. From the wire. (laughs) From the wire. From the wire. I'm counting my wire. So this one would be a fifty-five, sixty degree day because you liked it a little bit more. Yes. Yes. 
right. It ain't pure fire, but it's it's, it's not good. the uh, <laughs> the reviews. We've got five hundred and ninety. Oh snap! I shouldn't have told you that. What did you guys gonna guess? Um, seven point three. I'm gonna go seven. At five hundred ninety, like I said before, tip my hand a little bit. Uh, six point nine. Mm. Okay. I think some people they don't like these episodes. Like I said, I think this they one's, don't... this one's a fine episode. I just don't think it sticks out in people's minds. Yeah, people I, don't like Bejor episodes. They That's... don't. They don't. And and I think I get why. And it's I, I know that I like them. So or I in theory like them. I end up not liking them for the most part. But in theory, I like them because I like messy politic, complicated interpersonal combat politics. Stuff. Right. Like I get it because like. <laughs> watching a space show and it's just a bunch of people in a dirt field i'm like essentially, <laughs> i'm essentially watching a boring western yes with people in weird suits and <laughs> yeah like with, with weird shoulder pa- i haven't seen shoulder pads like that yes but it ends on like it yeah it does end in like a canyon face-off like like yeah. every western you've ever seen <laughs> true <laughs> so like i get it's a box canyon we're gonna get him in there and we're gonna have him stranded and it seems like that is a go-to with the all the big jordan stories is uh you know the writers go hey guys we got a we got a bajoran episode coming up and then like the guys go does that mean we're going to the quarry again like, <laughs> right what western are we ripping off for this plot yeah. so <laughs> is this the man who shot liberty valance or another yes. one? all right well next week we've got facets yeah oh this is a dax episode that's right the dax psychoanalysis or yeah like she uh An- another one this is no, the no, dax is equivalent i don't remember it very well but i'm going to equate it to the episode where roger sterling takes lsd <laughs> the Batman. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's move on to priority transmissions, I guess. Right, guys? Yeah. Or whatever we're calling it this week. <laughs> um, is Chief O'Brien in here? He's back there in the zone. Shakakar. Shakakar. Shakakar, yeah. Is that my synth ale? Extra stout, just the way you like it. Excuse me. Here you go. Oh! oh what is it? It's his shoulder popped out of his socket. Get me the tricorder. What did I do? I just handed him a drink. It's all right. Just, just pop it back in, Julian. All right. I'll be all right. And here we are in our. Um, what are we calling this again? Uh. Nemesis sucks. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> that's coming up. Just the the holla at your boy segment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Join us in the Great Link. Yes, that's that's what it was. That was what it was. Yeah. Yes, it was join us in the Great Link. <laughs> Just give us your goo. No, that's bad. <laughs> give us your goo. <laughs> yeah, like uh... send Wade your goo. There we go. There we go, guys. We got it. Yeah. So we have a lot of well, we've got voicemails and emails and a lot of hullabaloo here for you. Who knows how much we'll hear tonight, but uh, we should just go ahead and jump on into it, I guess, huh? I uh, totally get it. All right. How you doing, gentlemen? This is Tom from Cleveland again. I thought I'd give you a call. Checking uh, memory alpha. This is going to have a dry spell here in the next few weeks. Doesn't seem like there's too many interesting things to talk about. Uh, militant farmers rebelling against the federal government is hitting a little bit too close to home for my taste. But um, the score is coming up featuring Cisco and his son. And, and I really think that that relationship is what makes Cisco the best Starfleet captain. There are a lot of positive qualities, not the least of which is his relationship with Jake. The fact that he has a family, the fact that he has interests, the fact that he cares about people outside of his ship, uh, unlike a certain other balding uh, white captain, uh, a little ship called the Enterprise, which seems largely focused on his own people, Cisco has a wider worldview, and 
And I think that's the great thing about DS9 is because Star Trek has always been a big influence on me. And I like to take a lot of the principles from the show and, and apply them to my daily life. And, and you can do that a lot easier. There's a, an easier template for that through DS9 than there are in other Star Trek shows. I manage people. I have a lot of different competing interests at my job. And I have more often than not looked at a situation and thought, how would Cisco handle this more than I would, would have probably any other, you know, kind of fictional, we talk about the power of fiction, but any other fictional character I think of. Um, I often will channel him when I have a difficult decision to make or I have competing interests that I have to balance. Cisco is the guy I go to, and, which is another factor that I think is very interesting is growing up as a child in the late 80s, early 90s, there were two characters, two fictional characters on television that I wanted to be when I grew up. And one of them was, was Benjamin Sisto. The other one was uh, Heathcliff Huxable on, on the Cosby show. That kind of went so. That's not a thing anymore. Um, <laughs> but at the time, the two people that I most emulated, the two people that I wanted to grow up to be as a young white boy in the Midwest were black men on television. I think that's powerful. That's a very woke thing. And, and, and I know we've gone back a little bit as a society, it seems. But I think at the time, it, you know, it was a powerful thing. And, and I'd like to see us get back there as much as possible. And, and Star Trek has always taken a lead role in those kind of issues. And I'm glad to see it continuing to do so. Hopefully, uh, Discovery will have some new um, steps to add there in, in our social growth. But I just want to throw that out there. And again, you guys are doing... A phenomenal job. Love listening to the podcast. Jealous of one of your callers has a great sign off. I don't... Yep. One of our callers had a great sign off. Uh, you might have, but uh, we it got cut off before you got there. <laughs> well, never know. It's like uh, it's uh, the the ending of Infinite Jest. You'll, you you have to kind of make it for yourself. <laughs> oh, you just ruined the God book. God damn for it! People. I haven't. I, I I know. I haven't seen. I haven't ever. <laughs> James is the sole reason why I've never read that book. It's because he had a conversation with a mutual friend of ours, and he's ruined the end that, that it has no ending right and i was like well that's make that really makes me want to plow through 1300 pages <laughs> and footnotes knowing that right off the bat well, you, know, you never right. read infinite Je- all right that's a great call but let's talk about infinite jest right now <laughs> well wait no i think his call was good mm-hmm. just and it's also a timely call because he talks about the importance of representation even though you're not it lets you be, you know, empathetic on a human level yeah. to to watch people of different, uh, you know, races and creeds and colors and sexualities live a life as fully realized humans on in art, right, right, you know, not just TV but other mediums. And that's why I think you know the discovery. That's why we have our hope so high for discovery. You know, it's something we haven't seen in Trek in quite a long time. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe the world does need Star Trek right now. <laughs> that, yeah. that might sound right. like a, that sounds. Hokey. It's not so hokey. I threw up in my mouth saying it, but like, no, like, I mean, yes. You know, there's a lot of things about like, a lot of people get the concept of representation or, or any sort of making a case or being a part of a, of a conversation wrong. They think that having these movies like Wonder Woman, you know, it's not just there for the girls. It's there because you want men to grow up seeing women in powerful representations so that they don't have issues with powerful women later in life and that everybody you know gets to move on you want to see you want to see black men in positions of power in movies and television not just so that black people or young black people can see that which is obviously a benefit but also so that white people could get used to it and acclimated with it and not view them as other or weird or anything you know, 
So, like, diversity benefits Everybody. the un- the undiverse. <laughs> like, the like it, yeah, it, yeah. it benefits the majority too. Because this is the way the world's going, and you get used to it, get acquainted with it. Not like you have to. Not I'm not saying get over it, but obviously, fucking get over it, racist. But I'm not just saying get over it. But I'm saying that like someone needed to help you get used to this, and they didn't. And now you're not used to it. Yeah. And 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 are on YouTube and Twitter, <laughs> sure, <laughs> and in the White House. Yeah. But um, nonetheless. Yeah, diversity is great for... Yeah. That's the thing is, like, I don't... Like, there's people, like, you know, like, very racist... Not just very racist people, but casually racist people that are like, you know, well, white culture is American culture and all this stuff. I was like... I grew up listening to black music. I grew up listening to a lot of like, like uh, what listening to these things. Black culture is as much of my culture as white culture. Now that's not to say I'm black, and it's not to say that I feel like any sort of ownership <laughs> over that culture. Right. But music. Right. But I mean, like, I mean, I grew up with black music. Right. You can't take that away from me. You know. And, yeah, yeah. And, I, the and, trick is not to be like. I mean, it's it's nice to be. It's a kid. not like, to I, be Bill Maher about it. Yeah. Or I was gonna say I want to I want to be Cisco when I grow up. Or mm-hmm. and then becoming like Rachel Dolezal or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's the Rachel Dolezal issue, but that that's a specifically weird. Yeah, issue. but I don't think that's. We, we mm-hmm. don't even need to go on to that because I'm. I don't. I don't think. But uh, that's what a melting pot is: is that we're an American culture, and when you when you have yeah, these yeah. cultures, yeah. I don't think Tom is a uh, Rachel Dolezal. <laughs> no, 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 no. And that's not. Yeah, but that this idea that the cultures are the culture. Oh yeah, yeah. This isn't weird for a lot. Like this is commonplace in a lot of, in, in throughout history. So we don't need to act like they're. I don't know. Yes, exactly. That was a good point. Yeah, and then and that was a good call. Thanks for calling, Tom. Not Nick or or Greg or. And, and finally, here we have one more voicemail here. All right, listen up, you SJW cucks. I want to talk about your opinions about past tense. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. Well, uh, actually, no. It's just Eric from Pennsylvania. I know you guys are really waiting to get that voicemail, and I'm sure someday it'll happen. <laughs> But today is not that day. Today is actually the day that I call in or email in or whatever you want to call it to talk about the family business Ferengi episode. You guys might be sick of talking about Ferengi culture, but I'm going to talk about it some more anyway. Uh, You mentioned being a little perplexed that a seemingly anarcho-capitalistic society like the Ferengi would have a body like the FCA kind of in charge of things the way it is. And so here's my theory. Is it in the same way that when humans met Vulcans, it united us in a way that we never thought possible? I think the same thing happened to the Ferengi, but they united with the goal of taking advantage of every other species in the rest of the galaxy, which is why every time you have a Nagus episode or anything like that, they're always talking about what they can do for the good of Ferenginar and for the good of the Ferengi Alliance, and it's this sort of authoritarian, what can you do for the state and what can you do for the divine leader? And it's more externally that they take this approach of break all the rules, take advantage of everybody every chance you can get. So to me, that duality, it, it doesn't feel jarring to me. It makes it makes sense to me. And uh, maybe I'm overthinking that, but I mean, overthinking is what we're here to do, right? That's the whole point of this podcast. Anyway, speaking of overthinking things, uh, also wanted to briefly mention this uh, Shakar episode. And it's got this O'Brien B plot that I'd completely forgotten about. And I I just want to talk about this place that we've gotten to with O'Brien. I don't know if you guys are at this place, but for me, 
the moment he was on screen and something good happened to him, I instinctively started racking my brain, going through my memories, thinking, oh, shit. Is this the one where he's in prison? Is this the one where he gets captured by the Kardashians? Is this one where he's a clone? Is this the one where he's fucking time traveling? Is this is this, is this smiley? Is this not our O'Brien? I'm just... My brain at this point can't accept the thought of something pure and simple and good happening to O'Brien. And I, I, I just feel really bad for the guy that that's the place that we've gotten to with him. And... Man, they, they, they're rough. They are rough on this O'Brien character, and I'm glad that he kind of got to have a bit of a happy episode. Anyway, those are my thoughts. That That's my message from the goo. I'm getting gooey <laughs> with you guys, and I love it. It feels good. And I can't wait for the next episode. He's he's got like a like a This American Life voice. Yeah, no, like, he totally does. Yeah. <laughs> like he's, when he called it, or he started sending the emails in after he kept getting hung up on, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Eric has like, man, he's making us all sound bad. With the, you got a po- you got a voice for podcasting, yeah, buddy. Yeah, like you sound you sound handsome. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably true. I think that I. After I listened to the podcast from this week or last week, and I started thinking, maybe I, maybe I'm thinking of them as anarcho-capitalists, but they're not. Like they, it is maybe a little bit more structured. Obviously, it is, but I mean, like maybe how they are structured makes more sense if I look at it from a different paradigm. I don't so know, man. I'm starting to rethink it. Let's not act like it's some sort of nationalistic pride that makes them go try to bilk everybody, because they're nickel and they're yeah. they, they're nickel and diamond everybody to get through a door in an office building. I mean, like at every floor, <laughs> they're doing it to themselves. They're trying to. It, it's like capitalism run amok. They're trying to put their boot on the neck of anybody in order to make a dollar. It doesn't really matter who. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's on their own home world. It doesn't matter if it's off world. I'm sure it didn't matter before they had first contact. I doubt it matters after they had first contact. There's just more people to bilk. But it seems like it is kind of strange that they're all the the critique that Marx has of capitalist systems is not that everybody becomes a capitalist, but is that the capitalists manipulate a large segment into being, you know, like the proletariat, like into being, you know, the slaves to the capitalists, to the to the into the bourgeoisie. And they're all striving to be that. So it makes me wonder. I, I know that the rare ROM and the the person without the lobes comes along that gets manipulated by everyone else. But where are the large where are the worker bases like who who are they their worker bases are conning the rest of the races in the galaxy or species yeah. with promise of there's a lot no, of I free mean, labor like, though to james yeah. with the family yeah. like if you look at the family structure yeah yeah that's true, the, the nephew does a lot of it's just a bad deal oh, yeah yeah it, it's a lot of nepotism yeah based and up, it, yeah. there's almost a cat you know yeah the oldest son is the head of the household and then there's a pecking order to families and the women are at the bottom, apparently. And I, and it's not a pure... They're not supposed to be mirroring... Like, let's be honest. They're not supposed to be mirroring capitalists. They're supposed to be mirroring... Americans? No, a banker class of... They're Rothschilds. They're, you well, know... Uh, like they, I mean, they, well, that's what they're imitating. Uh, James, you didn't take the glorious pill, did no, you? No, I'm not taking the pill. <laughs> I'm not taking the glorious pill. No, I'm saying that, that that's what they're <laughs> talking about. You could like individual Ferengis, but I'm talking about international Ferengis. <laughs> oh, shit. No. 
<laughs> you can cut all that. <laughs> no. But like, there's this idea that nope. like <laughs> I think I think people need to know. I'm I'm not about uh, you know um, <laughs> limiting free speech. <laughs> limiting free speech. Yeah, my free speech. Uh, so maybe I'm supposed to look at what the Rothschilds or Bilderbergers did to figure out how the Fringies work. But it, it, I want to get to it. I feel like there's an answer to uh, it. I need I, to get there. Well, I think I've already told. I think it's. I don't. It's the religiosity of American capitalism. That Protestant work ethic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, and that's. I mean, that's not. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> All right. Well, I think I just want to. I want to have one of my own before I concede to yours. <laughs> what? But what do we got left here, Wade? Oh, we done. Oh, we That's did it. it. We done. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, oh, I do want to, like, he was talking about Shakar with O'Brien. One more thing I was going to say. Oh, yeah. Is that I do think that if there was an eighth season of Deep Space Nine, it would have been about how O'Brien didn't get tenure at the teaching college. <laughs> that he, <laughs> I guess that's a yeah, hey, well, spoiler. That's full of spoilers. Well, I, I I don't know about the tenure part, but yeah, I guess so. Yes. All right. That was the one thing I was like, okay. Yeah. I, every, the only joke I had was a spoiler. So right, well, yeah, no, the O'Brien thing is funny that, wait a minute, something good can't happen to him. No. But, oh, it's a B plot where there's no conflict for any of those. It's just like, this happened. <laughs> but yeah. O'Brien's great, isn't he, Hugh? He's, he's a character on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. I'll take it. All right. Yeah. So uh <laughs> I think that's all we got this week. All right. You got any plugs, James? Just the usual that I've done before. Please visit my YouTube page, Forever James's. I'll still have just the one video up. So more is coming in the pipeline. All right. And Hugh, do you got any? Yes. If you like web comics, you should visit my comic, Crimes Against Hugh's Manatees. It posts every day on Facebook and Tumblr and new comics every Sunday. So put that in your Google machine and smoke it. That's it for me. All right. Yeah, <laughs> I got nothing. I mean, if you're in New York and you want to see what I'm up to, look me up. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I'm not going to go on a date with anybody or anything. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm going to cut that. We can't promise anything like that. <laughs> yeah. No. Anyways, yeah, uh, I got nothing. Yeah. So. Well, you've gonna, got this. Uh, you can join us next week on the rules of acquisition. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Give us a call at 917-408-3898. Send us an email at rulesofacquisitionpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on the Twitter and review us and do all that other stuff. You know the drill. All right. Sweet. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Three to beam out. Do you know the cunt weasels that run this show have a call in line where you can express your DS9 wishes and DS9 dreams into their ear holes? They will play them on air and try to be nice to you because one day they hope to sell you Blue Apron snacks and underwear made out of Modal. The number is 917-408-3898. That number again is 917-408-3898. You will probably want to talk about how hot Dax and Bashir are. That is great. These pretentious asses also love it when people say they are wrong. So feel free to do that. James will probably go off on a knowingly obtuse rant about construction issues or political sophistication. We know you love that. Again, 917-408-3898. Did you know that some Deep Space Nine podcasts have more reviews than us on iTunes? Doesn't that piss you off? Please review us on iTunes. We need to feel loved sometimes. <laughs>